0: What's good, everybody? This is the Views from the Five Hundred and Seventy Three Podcast. I'm your host Ryan Daniel, and on this podcast, we are discussing the NFL at its midway point. And joining me and talking about the NFL at this point, I have with me one of the co-hosts of the ADP, the Average Dudes
1: Podcast, Matt Mormon. Matt, how are you doing? Hello, Ryan. I'm doing pretty good. I uh, I'm in beautiful, snowy, uh, cold. Minneapolis, Minnesota, this evening. Uh, I'm traveling for work. (laughs) So I'm uh, a little sniffly with the the weather up here. So you have to excuse me on that one. Uh, Yeah, no, it's going to be a brisk 30 degrees outside tomorrow when I'm outside the entire time. So, you know, feel for me on that one. But hey, maybe I'll see Josh Dobbs while I'm out and about today. Yeah, maybe you'll see Dobbs. you know, guy that
0: needs to get accustomed to Minnesota here pretty quickly. And uh, we were talking pre show man, what the shift from Arizona to the desert <laughs> going up north.
1: And it's like, what is this? Yeah, about a 60-degree uh, drop <laughs> pretty quick here. <laughs> it's only going to get worse. We actually talk about during the drive on the way up here, how, like, from now on, like, in Missouri, we get the occasional, like, hey, it's winter, but here's that random 70-degree day, right? Right. Um, that doesn't happen in Minneapolis. Like, it just – now it's cold, and it will be cold until March, and even then, yeah. it might still—it'll probably still be cold. But I think at that point, it might have like a day or two of relief.
0: Uh, hey, at least it's consistent, unlike the Missouri weather. <laughs> and You know true. what you're going to get. You know what you're going in
1: for. That's true. Yeah.
0: Um, so yes, we are talking about the NFL at the midway point. We are we. We are going into week nine this upcoming week. And so we are eight weeks through of the season already. And we had the trade deadline, and that's kind of where we're going to start off. We had the trade deadline on uh, Tuesday. And there were some names that were popped up, up that popped up, like Saquon uh, a couple of times, and DeAndre Hopkins and Derrick Henry. But a couple of those that, were, that have popped up did get traded, like Chase Young, who's going to the 49ers. Uh you see all these deals,
1: Matt, which one you think, uh, which one caught your eye? Well, I think the Montez sweat deal is the first one that was kind of the big blockbuster of the day. And it was kind of a surprising deal because like, I I get it in that the bears were not going to be able to draft a shortfire, immediate impact player, the level of Montez sweat in round two. I totally get that. I totally agree with that. Um, However, if you look at where the Chicago Bears are at right now, they, to me, don't need to be spending a draft pick and money on a Montez Sweat when maybe in the offseason, probably not Sweat, right? Whatever team he landed on would probably be signing him if he were traded, or he would be tagged by uh, Washington. But they would still be able to use that second-round pick, have a cost-controlled player. And by the way, that pick's going to be a high second-round pick. Um, I don't know why the Chicago Bears are addicted to trading away second round picks and those (laughs) picks end up being in the top five of the second round. Like you're not a contender, guys. And so that's the part of it that to me just made it really strange is I totally agree. There are teams in the NFL who should have been trading a second round pick for Montez Sweat. I don't I do not think the Chicago Bears are at that point in their life cycle. But that's been the thing with the Chicago Bears for years to me. To me, the Chicago Bears, um, you know Justin Fields and his problems. I think I even said it on a Views from the Five Seven Three podcast. I did not like the Justin Fields trade because they did not have a roster around him, and you gave up a first round pick in the future to get that deal done. We've seen what's mm-hmm. happened there now, where uh, they've had they lucked out in a way, and that they had the first overall pick to get DJ Moore in, um, and now you're seeing those exact same fruits come to fruition with uh, Carolina doing basically the exact same thing to move up for Bryce Young. Now they're like, well, hey, we need a receiver for Bryce Young. Well, you trade your next year's first-round pick to get the quarterback. (laughs) And so, to me, just the Bears are not in the position to make that move, make that trade. And like I said, yeah, I I think Montez Sweat's a really great player. And I totally – I'm happy and I feel justified by the fact that he went for more than Chase Young because I do think he's better than Chase Young. And uh, I think that's a much better trade by the 49ers, not just being lesser draft capital, but just draft capital that made more sense, right? The team makes more sense. Um, yeah. To me, those are two big deals, and those are definitely the two big ones that caught my eye.
0: Yeah, you know, it feels like I remember I was talking about the Bears all the way back in, you know, during talking season in the spring, you know, when they made this deal to, you know, get DJ Moore and, you know, the investments they were making. And it feels like we're love, all the way back around move. on
1: that. I love that move, by the way, the, the trade in the first round pick to get D.J. Moore plus draft capital because yeah. that was the position they needed to go get a guy at, right? Like that was the one. Exactly. Because right now you're in this growing phase at quarterback. And look, Fields may not be the guy. I kind of don't think he is, but you need to find out. You need to give him help. Like if you're going to spend that second round picking a trade, it's why I think. Last year, you were able to quasi-justify overpaying for a Chase Claypool because, hey, we just got to get our quarterback something. Mm -hmm. This isn't getting your quarterback anything. Like, If this is a move to help boost up that offensive line for Justin Fields, then okay, again, I may not love it, but I can quasi-understand it a little bit more. This is one, again, really great player. He's worth a second-round pick in a trade, I just don't think, with this team. Yeah, and
0: I mean, you know, it is a need for the Bears. They need some pass rushing help. And one thing it does do, to add that when it comes to the draft next year, that's one need they they can kind of lower down on their needs. And, you know, they're going to have to find out if Fields is the guy. Otherwise, they're going to be taking a quarterback with one of those
1: picks next year. For uh, sure. And I think the fact they've got two picks that are both currently projected top three, I believe, Right with their own and Carolinas. Um, I think that they view that as playing with house money a little bit when it comes to the picks, right? Like, hey, we're going to trade this second round pick, but it doesn't – but in big air quotes here, it doesn't matter because we'll trade the Carolina pick and get a second round pick in that trade most likely. I disagree with that thinking, though. Like, to me, there is no such thing as house money, right? Like, there is just – you had more resources – Use those resources smartly. Don't splurge on things. You you mm-hmm. never just have stuff to waste. E- even if you have a little extra, use it smartly, right? And, uh, yeah, that's why, to me, that was just kind of a bit of a bit, of, bit of a of confusing move.
0: Yeah, and, you know, maybe you can – it depends on what you can get for fields if you do decide, hey, he's not the guy, and you do 1-1 those guys. But uh, you you don't know what you're going to get for him. It just depends on how the quarterback market would
1: fall in the season. What, what did the what did the Jets get for Sam Darnold? Do you remember? Um, you pick. I'm trying to figure it out Sam Darnold
0: to the Panthers. I forget how what that went for. I feel look- like it might have. I feel like it might have been a okay no. I, so the trade to the Panthers it was in exchange for a 2021 sixth rounder and a second and fourth rounder in 2022.
1: Okay, so two and a four with a six kicker. Um, I feel like that's what they're looking at. Like, I feel like even though I do think more of Justin Fields than I thought of Sam Darnold at the time, I feel like it's pretty comparable situations though, really.
0: Yeah, I mean, you, you don't know if he's the guy or not right now. And yeah. that's pretty dire right now for a team that didn't make that big of a trade for
1: a number one receiver that wants to know who's throwing to them. And yeah,
0: so, yeah.
1: Me, I would give Fields another year yet, I think. Um, but if you're picking at the very top of the class, I think it's really hard to look at back-to-back first overall picks and passing those <laughs> quarterbacks if you aren't for sure that he's your guy. But that's yeah. kind
0: of where are at. And maybe if you do feel like he's your guy, maybe you go and tackle, you know, the positions that you need. Maybe you go out and get a Marvin Harrison Jr. Or maybe you go and get with that other pick, one of the top left tackles in the draft next year. And it's like, boom, we got two important positions locked down for the foreseeable future. Let's go. We got our two wide receivers. We got our left tackle. Let's go.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I think that's definitely the, the, the way they would go if they, if they keep fields around. What um, are a couple of the other trades from, from the week, Ryan?
0: Yeah, uh, I guess let's talk about the other Washington pass rusher, Chase Young, going to the 49ers. I really like this trade. It does put Chase Young back with his former Ohio State teammate, Nick Bosa. And he's going to be asked to, I think, contribute in a way that the 49ers are already so loaded on the defensive line. You, you know, you can just continue to rotate him in. You're not going to ask him, I think, to play, like, a huge role. But you're going to ask him to come in, give you some snaps, pair with Nick Bosa on the other side and say, hey, let's go after him. And, you know, I think the 49ers are just going to say, hey, we're going to rush war and we're going to go get after you. None of this blitzing. We're just going to blitz you with four.
1: Yeah, it's very uh, old school New York Giants in a way, right? Where it's just like we're going to yeah. have this loaded defensive front will just bring those guys. It's probably a ton of success in the past. and I think you can never have enough pass rushers, right? Like, that is a thing that I have thought for a long, long time is that you can never yeah. have enough guys to go after these quarterbacks and, yeah, just keep loading up. You know, if he's only a third down and long kind of player, I think that's fine. I think this is a great acquisition.
0: Yeah, and he's going to a better situation now, even though the 49ers have kind of trailed off here these last three weeks. And you get to put him on one of the better defenses in the league when fully healthy. And when that team is fully healthy, I think that he can really make an impact on that side of the ball. As far as other trades, there's a couple others, of course. Uh, Leonard Williams actually going to the Seahawks from the Giants. That actually happened while I was taping one of the earlier pods this week. Like, oh, guys, we got a bit of breaking news. Leonard Williams to the Seahawks. I think, you know, the Giants, they are in a position right now. They're what, two and six right now. They're not looking really good. Daniel Jones is hurt. And he's an expiring contract, and you're probably not going to pay him next year. So go and train to the Seahawks, a team that could use some defensive help up front and a guy that has produced in the past. I think that's a really good move on both the, these teams' parts.
1: Yeah, he's a guy who a lot of teams should have been trying to go out and get because he's one of those guys, he's a run stopper and he's an interior pass rusher. To me, those guys are just so valuable. Every team that's got playoff aspirations should have been making a call for Leonard Williams.
0: Yeah. As far as others, uh, Rasul Douglas going from the Packers to the Bills, uh, I saw a funny uh, little thing where Josh Allen had some comment about Rasul Douglas and talking smack to him and now they're teammates and <laughs> now he now he kind of needs them to help out this defense that has suffered a lot of injuries including that back end with Tredavis White being out
1: yeah Trey Trey White being out is obviously a huge deal he's had injuries in the past too so this is a good long-term move too for Buffalo because he's a guy who's under contract for one more year beyond this and uh that you know look at Look at the AFC. You need a you need corners, man. You gotta be able to cover these receivers, uh, yeah. especially even in that division, right? With Garrett Wilson and Tyree Kill and Jalen Waddle. Oh my! So uh, yeah, I, I like it a lot. Let's right. See, as far you, as you, you, you keep going real quick, I'm gonna step out, but you keep on going. You can do the next one. I'll be right back. All right.
0: Uh, as far as other trades that we had, we had Ezra Cleveland from the Vikings, where uh, where Matt's at. Uh, Going to the Jaguars, and honestly, that one kind of surprised me because he has been a guy that's really improved over the years, and they get him, and the Jaguars get some help up front to help block for Trevor Lawrence and for Travis Etienne. I keep on thinking of Trevor because I'm thinking of his brother at Florida, but you got Ezra Cleveland, help out with Jacksonville. That can help out as they're sitting at the top of the aoc south and then some of the other trades you got dom's going to minnesota which that's a big deal considering the Kirk cousins injury and so minnesota they get some quarterback help with him and then as far as any others donovan people's jones to the detroit lions who was the only skill position player traded so yeah. other than that, it, it was pretty. It was a pretty big day for defensive players.
1: To be honest, they were all traded. Two two quick things there. Uh, number one, the Vikings. Uh, I guess it's really hard to tell a team that they should quit trying, right? Like midseason, especially yeah. one that's, you know, <laughs> they're, they're not totally out of it um, because the NFC wild card situation is pretty open, right? Like. So I get it in that regard that, you know, hey, let's make the desperation trade here for uh, for Josh, da- uh, Josh Dobbs. It feels a little bit like when they traded Teddy Bridgewater. Uh, or not traded Teddy Bridgewater. They traded for uh, Sam Bradford, right, back when uh, T- Teddy got hurt. Um, mm-hmm. But I know they're 500, so, like, you don't want to just totally tank. To me, this team was going the wrong direction, though. Don't you want to see what you've got in the rookie Jaron Hall? um right now and maybe it's nothing maybe it's totally nothing to me yeah. they were a team that i thought the kirk cousins injury said let's blow this thing up like let's trade away um daniel hunter to me was just the obvious one right like he and they yeah. did trade lambs or cleveland so like you did make a sell while also making a mild buy to i guess the idea of josh dodd being competitive right mm-hmm. um or maybe part of the idea is well we want a competent quarterback to keep growing Jordan Addison and a guy who can maybe convince Justin Jefferson to come back on our football field this year. And maybe that's the case. And I can understand that too, but I I don't know to me, you're always better off committing in in a direction. And to me, they really kind of did a half measure each way um, with with the trade-off of Ezra Cleveland, but then still trading for Josh Dobbs on DPJ um, in the skill position. Yeah. That's the only one. It's one of those things, the NFL trade deadline, I expect nothing and I'm still always let down, right? Like, I, I feel like there was one <laughs> time back in like 2009, 2010, where I was like, here we go. D'Angelo Williams is going to get traded. Jonathan Stewart time, baby. And then like <laughs> NFL trade passed and I didn't even know it passed. And I was like, oh, so this is what the NFL trade deadlines are at. Like, <laughs> the the MLB trade deadline where there would be, you know, Mania Ramirez. Yeah trade to the dodgers right like all this craziness at the lb trade deadline the nfl one was always just like did, did it happen wait what week wasn't it again oh it was week six. Oh shoot okay missed that it's week 12 now uh <laughs> so i expect nothing and i'm still disappointed by the nfl trade deadline year after year after year. but i i was hopeful i think maybe it's a good time to transition over to moves that didn't happen right um mm-hmm. to me you know, the the lens that I view the league through being very much fantasy and Ravens, right? Uh, but the other one being the Chiefs, right, uh, living in Kansas City. Man, how do the Chiefs not trade for a wide receiver? You know, like, like how do you look at this team and see the Super Bowl aspirations? And I guess part of it is because they kind of got away with it last year. They won the whole thing. In my yeah. opinion, I, I have always been an advocate for this with, you know, Thinking back to like a Tom Brady, a, a, you know, Peyton Manning, and, uh, Aaron Rodgers, Mahomes is in that ilk where part of us paying you $40 million is you are improving our weapons. I'm totally in favor of that. But at some point, you also have to look at the fact that you are playing for a Super Bowl. You are yeah. trying to win it this year. Go get a guy. You know, if the, if the if table wasn't willing to trade Mike Evans, then fine. Find something, though. Like, I think you'll know, throw whatever you could at Cooper Cup, right? Like, find a guy, find something. And even if it's not a mega star like that, even if it's just a Donovan Peoples Jones, it's something, right? Like, yeah, I'm not saying DPJ would have been some big answer or, you know, whoever else they could have got of that level, right? A Rashad Bateman from the Ravens, right? Just like a guy, Isaiah Hodgins, right? A physical guy. Um, you know, there, there's countless of guys at that level, even right? Um, the wide receiver threes of the world who could have stepped in and just given you something, some kind of juice to mix yeah. things up. And nothing that really, that really, that one really surprised me. Yeah,
0: well, you know, if Will Levis hadn't gone off on Sunday, maybe D Hop might have Absolutely. been somebody.
1: Yeah, I uh, uh, I actually spoke with that on the ADP. How to me, with, with Levis having a four-touchdown day and three of them going to Hopkins, how do you then trade him away? Because, you know, Ryan, yeah. I to say this, but I think the team would like Banana Man to be their future. Yeah. And so yeah. Uh, what, what message does it send, though, that, hey, kid, you had this great game. Well, there goes the guy you threw all the touchdowns to, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> me, when that happened, that took Hopkins off the board. Yeah it was a
0: tricky situation. I think it, it's kind of like a, a, Viking situation where they end up winning and uh, they're not going to trade any of their big players like Hopkins or Henry. And, you know, that will Levis game really kind of changed. Like I think how the, the Titans ownership kind of thinks like how this season can go. Like if Levis is able to do somewhat decent, like if he looked a lot like his, 2021 Kentucky self instead of 2022 version in which 21 he had Liam Cohen who spent last year with the Rams and he had a lot more weapons he had a competent offensive line and the times offensive line is not competent by any means but having a guy like DeAndre Hopkins I mean hey that's a weapon and uh that can totally help him out
1: it's a thing that for for my personal experience I trace back to like the late 2000s right Like, as a Baltimore Ravens fan living in St. Louis, I got to see twice at the same time where it's like, if you don't give a young quarterback any help, they're just not going to develop, right? Like, Kyle Bowler was bad, but Kyle Bowler never had a chance. Sam Bradford never had a chance. When Mark Clayton was Sam Bradford's number one wide receiver, and, like, acquiring Mark Clayton made a difference for Sam Bradford, he never had a chance. And so, to me, I'm looking at Will Levis, and I'm like, the fact that he's got a Derrick Henry to get the ball to and a DeAndre Hopkins yeah. to throw it to, he has a chance to actually develop and be something it's on him to figure it out. It's on him to play well too, but at least he has guys that he can rely on a little bit. And by the way, Ryan, yeah. I, if you did listen to the ADP this week, I thought of you as the words came out of my mouth where I said, Will Levis is the quarterback. I wanted Kyle Bowler to be. <laughs> 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 oh I remember- man to call him joe flacco because will <laughs> levis is not elite oh no my video pause oh there it's back i got my lighting back uh, <laughs> if you're watching the youtube video i went dark there for just a second uh with my fake lighting here but uh no yeah will yeah. levis i liked what i saw a lot i really really did
0: yeah and listen i'm conflicted because yes i want him to be good and, and at the same time i am thinking about the long-term health and like I think what I hope to see the rest of the way is see some positives. He's not going to have a game like that every week. There's going to be some rookie moments. But if you can start to see some positives, and if you do end up losing, fine. But if you see some positives, well, great. You can build on that for next season. And if you do lose, well, fine. You get a draft pick. Maybe there's somebody available there where you're picking that you can help them. Maybe there's a wide receiver out there. Maybe. They're in position to, I think what I want them to do is go get Brock Bowers from Georgia next year oh, and yeah. get somebody at tight end to really help him out, be like a safety blanket for him. But I think, you know, I I said this to my dad is like, Vrabel is not going to let this team lose. It, he is not going to let them lose. And that could be a little bit of a problem here, despite how good of a coach he is. It could be a problem here
1: for a guy that doesn't want to lose. Titans always seem to win more games than they're supposed to. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Uh, So
0: speaking of coaches, I guess let's talk about one that got fired at the midway point uh, for ready to make that switch and talk about Josh McDaniels, who is no longer the head coach of the Raiders after what happened on Monday night against the Lions. And, I, I didn't know if he was going to be the first coach to be fired, but I figured he would end up being one, considering how the situation going on in Vegas, how that was transpiring with Jimmy G not being fully healthy and Devontae not getting a lot of touches. I kind of felt like this is not heading for a good ending.
1: Yeah, the uh, the Josh Jacob comments were some of my favorites, where it was like, so how do you guys <laughs> think the offense? I, like, I don't know, ask the coach, man. I just run the football. <laughs> uh, I appreciate that, uh, Josh Jacobs. No, I'm not surprised. Like, honestly, if you have asked me pretty much at any point who I thought would be the first head coach fired, I think Josh McDaniels probably would have been my answer. Just because you look at, like, the combination of, like, bad teams and young new coaches, right? Like, a lot of like guys aren't going to get fired immediately, right? So, like, I look at, like, uh, Sean Payton in Denver, uh, Brian, you know, Brian Dable's not going to right, from New York. Uh, yeah. Eberflus boy, in his second year. Uh, Frank Reich is in his first year. Um, Arizona, right? there, uh, Gannon, he's in his first year. So it's like a lot of these bad teams have either first or second year coaches who I don't think they're going to go away from. McDaniels, while he was only in his second year in Vegas, it's Josh McDaniels. He's been around for a little while. Like, I'm not surprised to see him go. Um, did I see Antonio Pierce is going to be their uh, interim head coach? He is. That's pretty sweet. I I like that, man. <laughs> uh, Demario, uh, D'Amico De, Ryans and Antonio Pierce both being head coach in the NFL. Like, I'm getting some gray hairs just saying those words. <laughs> but uh, I'm all for it. But, like, looking around other teams, though, I think Todd Bowles is probably the coach I'd put in the hottest seat at the moment. Um, just because I feel like things are going badly there in Tampa, the defense that he's supposed to be so good at is part of the problem obviously Baker's also an issue and I think they're gonna have a new quarterback next year and so new quarterback new coach you know a lot of times you like to see that marriage come in together right let your long-term head coach be the one that makes that decision um Brandon Staley I think is also a guy who could be on that hot seat too for sure um other than I think that's about it for me like Belichick's not getting fired he may be he may be asked to retire at the end of the year but like they're not going to fire Bill Belichick in the middle of the season, especially. Right. So it's like, I don't think I have any others that come to mind. Maybe, even, maybe Ron Rivera. I could see Rivera being on the hot seat too.
0: Yeah. I mean, it just, I mean, they did just trade their two best pass rushers on defense right. and you know, you, you want to see what Sam Howell's going to do, which I mean, he had a pretty good game uh, against the Eagles on Sunday But, yeah, he's definitely one of them. I think you mentioned Brandon Staley. I think he's definitely one of them that I'm thinking of right now. Now, the Chargers did just get a win on Sunday, so that can help. But they haven't looked all that great. And, you know, that expensive defense that they've spent so much money on, it's had its problems, and it hasn't looked all that great. And I was reading an article on The Athletic talking about how well – well, prior to Sunday, how well the Rams defense was doing before Dallas happened. And then the Chargers defense and compared like how much they paid their players, and it's a, a drastic difference. Like the Rams are only paying Aaron Donald big money on that defense. And right. that's it. And they're performing really well. But you look at the Chargers defense, they got all, all these guys are paying Bosa, Mac, um, you know, Derwin James. They're paying they pay a lot J- of those guys big time money. They pay JC Jackson go away. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And they traded him. And so, like, you look at him and, and how the Chargers defense has gone, it hasn't gone the way you expected. And if things don't get right here pretty soon, um, I think Staley could definitely be one of those guys you could look at as like, okay, well, maybe Chargers make a switch here, maybe they get somebody that's more of an offensive mind. I mean, you do yeah. have Kellen Moore in the room. That,
1: that's exactly where I was going to go. I was gonna say, conspiracy theory in me here of Kellen Moore chose the chargers, knowing that Staley would be on the hot seat and knowing that his head coaching audition could then be linked to Justin Herbert. Right. Like that's yeah. a pretty good audition uh, teammate to have. Yeah, definitely. It, and so we'll
0: see what happens with Staley and chargers down the road. I mean, want we'll to see, but they. I think if you have another showing like you did against Kansas City, I think it's not going to be a good sign for Staley and for things to come. But I think, yeah, I'm with you on Riverboat Ron. I'm with you on Bulls with how things are going in Tampa. Like you said, the marriage between a new head coach and a new quarterback—that's ideally what you want.
1: And that applies for Washington too.
0: Yeah, and you know, honestly. I do kind of wonder, I mean, a lot of things that have to go wrong, but like if the time of losing, do, do they want to move off from variable and get somebody else? Like before Sunday, before what happened on Sunday, before Will Levis surprised everyone and had an amazing game, I was thinking, okay, we'll, we'll see what Levis has. If he does show some things, okay, we have something to potentially work with. Let's see what happens. If we do lose enough games – maybe Vrabel gets let go and the K- K- throne can hire his own guy. And like, I had Ben Johnson oh, in mind
1: that's with the Lions. True. That's true. With, with the new GM, I was just going to say, I feel like Vrabel has earned that clout though, to have like one yeah, season and try to build it back up. You know, like I think, you know, with the Ravens, right? Harbaugh, we had the terrible 2016, I believe it was, uh, which then took Ronnie Stanley with the early pick in the uh, first round. And uh, so I feel like there are head coaches where it's like you're allowed to have, like, one real bad season and see how you bounce back from it. Yeah. Uh,
0: as far as coaches go, I think that's it. Uh, as far as general thoughts, I mean, let's start on the positive side, I think. There's been some surprises here so far in the early parts of the season, some good surprises. And I'll tell you what, I've been, I've been talking about the Lions a whole lot here recently. Of course, they had that stinker against your Ravens, in which Lamar just uh went <laughs> absolutely nuclear. Um, yeah. but other than that, the Lions have been, I think, the best surprise and the biggest surprise so far this season because they looked amazing. They looked really spectacular.
1: Yeah, and I'm super happy to see it happen. Um, they're a team that going into the year, a lot of people were hyping them up, pumping them up a little bit. I got a little bit nervous. I was I was actually pumping the brakes a little bit on Detroit. Um, I was a bit more backing up Chicago. I'm very happy to be wrong. I am so happy to see Dan Campbell, these guys, just cranking out this awesome offense, a great defense. Like, this team's really freaking good. And, like, they're honestly – they've got to be viewed as top three in the NFC. Um, I, I, I would put them above Dallas. I think them and San Fran's pretty neck and neck. And I think you got Philly up there at the top. Yeah. Um, they're dangerous though, and, and the one thing they lack is winning experience. But the quarterback has that, right? Like Golf has gone to a Super Bowl. Yeah. Um, So, you know, I, I think that uh, I think Detroit's in a really cool, fun spot at the moment. And uh, you know, it's funny. I think a lot of us, you know, kind of thought that Golf was kind of a lame duck quarterback. I don't think so, man. I think he's gonna be their guy for at least, a, you know, the projectable future.
0: Yeah, I mean, you know, the pairing with him and Ben Johnson, to go back to him has been really amazing. Um, And I have to imagine Ben is probably going to be getting some more head coaching looks and might take one because now you get that second year it's like, oh, last year wasn't a fluke. So now he can probably go into next year and get a job.
1: And for for Ben Johnson, too, you don't have that Patrick Mahomes uh, hesitation, right, where, like, Part of why nobody wanted to hire the enemy is because, well, he's just riding the coattails, right, of Mahomes and Andy Reid. No one's going to say that about Ben Johnson riding the coattails of Dan Campbell and Jared Jared Goff, right? Like, everybody's going to view it as Ben Johnson's the wizard behind all of this. And so whether that's fair or not to be enemies, a whole different conversation. The fact of the matter is that Ben Johnson is going to really benefit from the fact that that perception is in his favor. Yeah.
0: The, the one thing you did say that kind of hurt me about Goff is for the projectable future, and I think back, oh, wait,
1: line strapped at Hendon Hooker. That hurts the Tennessee fan in me. I mean, I, I don't see any way at the moment you can think that is coming in here replacing Jared Goff.
0: Yeah, no. Goff has been, like he said, he's been amazing uh, coming in there. But you see what happens when – you see what happened when in L.A. when he had a good offensive line, he had some good weapons. You saw how well he played. And he's got that in Detroit. He's got one of the best offensive lines in the league. He's got a really good receiving group led by St. Brown. LaPorta, the rookie emerging. And he's got Jameer Gibbs, who had that big game against Vegas. He's got weapons now. He's got protection. That's honestly what golf has needed. He's got that in Detroit, and he's thriving. Yeah, for Um, sure. they
1: they definitely one of the best uh, uh, stories of the season, for sure.
0: As far as others, um, you know, the Eagles, of course, they've had another spectacular season. Looking at others, uh, 49ers losing their three straight after having a hot start early on. That It's been kind of surprising. You know, it started with that Cleveland game in which McCaffrey and Debo both went out, and McCaffrey ended up coming back. But they've really kind of fallen off here. And I, I wonder if this is, you know, the rookie hurdle that brought Hurdy Never really kind of hit last year, you no, know, not starting all last year. Maybe this is kind of like he's hit kind of the quote unquote rookie wall and kind of like falling off a little bit here, being a little bit
1: turnover happy. I think there's definitely an element of that for sure, right? Like, like you said, the turnovers have definitely been a problem here in the recent games. Um, they've had three in back to back games and uh, one in the, the loss to Cleveland. Um, I think part of it also. Been a bit of injury, bad luck, right? You know, IU got banged up early in the year. McCaffrey yeah. missed part of the uh Cleveland game towards the end there. And you know, we don't know if that would have made a difference, gotten the win or not, but you know, he did miss some time in it. Um, Trent Williams going down with injury also. So it's like yeah, that's big. different pieces going down around him. You know, I don't think Brock Purdy is a quarterback who can overcome not having elite weapons, right? Like I think I think Brock Purdy needs elite help in order to be what we saw out of him i think even just taking away one or two of those pieces is going to really bring him down now when he has all those weapons he can execute the offense and be awesome for it i just think he needs all of his chess pieces in order to get checkmate
0: yeah and the 48 hours are really kind of like that i mean no depot here the last couple weeks and so yeah. they're sitting at five and three right now and couple weeks ago they were in the lead in this division now it's seattle here up top here sitting at five and two which you know they pulled out pulled out some gutsy performances here sitting at five and two they're third in the nfc right now and you know Gino, he's doing okay and you got jackson smith the jigba, making some big time plays as a rookie and of course getting leonard williams that getting that move and making that move can really help them out i think later on because the nfc I mean, you do have the Eagles, and we just pumped up the Lions a little bit, and we'll see what happens with San Francisco. But the NFC, I mean, anything can happen here. It's not like the AFC. It's completely different where the AFC is really kind of loaded. The NFC, anything I think can happen.
1: Yeah, and and someone's going to get hot late on, right? And that's going to be kind of the team that I think runs it in the NFC. Um, Ryan, can I tell you one of my big surprises? Yeah. The New York Jets. Yeah, the Jets have
0: been – Honestly, a surprise. Honestly, the whole Aaron Rodgers coming back, maybe as quick as he will, is kind of surprising. It was like, well, you know, he probably did some, let's just say, some weird stuff to probably get to where he is. Um, I don't know how many but, darkness retreats he went on.
1: You know, you gotta be in a dark room for a long. It's, it's like a like like photo development, right? Like you gotta put the the picture in the dark room so it can uh, develop the film. Yeah, you gotta do that with at least ten. <laughs> Your Achilles tendon in a dark room and it'll just grow, <laughs> but no, like this team was supposed to totally suck,
0: yeah. and
1: they kind of haven't. Like they gave the Chiefs a game on that Sunday night game, and they've won three in a row since. And it's not like they're playing fantastic and they're great and they're this juggernaut, but this was a team that was supposed to roll over and die. And maybe they lose that Giants game if, if Daniel Jones is even healthy, right? Um, and they'll probably lose this upcoming game against the Chargers, but like they beat the Philadelphia Eagles, you know? Like, <laughs> that was not supposed to happen. And yeah. now, speaking of players go back from injury, now we're at the point where Brees Hall is going to be fully unleashed for the second half of the season, right? Like, this, if you were in fantasy, this is kind of always the plan for Brees Hall was, hey, get me to, like, week eight. Get me to week nine. Get me to week ten. And yeah. let him win me a championship. I think that's kind of the Jets' plan here is now we're at that point of the year where it's been a year since Brees Hall's ACL injury, let's let Brees Hall just totally run this offense, and the defense is awesome. Let's just follow that formula, and let's go win some games here in the second half, and let's maybe—I mean, gosh—we we talk about the AFC being so good, eight and eight might squeak in, you know. Or I guess it'd be nine and yeah. eight, uh, you know. Now, but <laughs> like I, that could squeak into a playoff spot.
0: Yeah, definitely. Jets have been a surprise like you. I thought they were going to pretty much lay down and die and just be one of the worst teams after. Because, I mean, Zach Wilson, not the most spectacular quarterback, but I think the key thing here is he hasn't lost them games. He's been consistent, and he hasn't made any big-time mistakes in which it's kept the Jets in games again the chance to win with that running game led by Brees Hall, with that defense that has all those stars on it. So I, I think as long as you know, Zach Wilson can be a guy that doesn't make big mistakes and doesn't lose you football games, Jets, I think, it would be like what you said be a nine and eight team and kind of sneak its way in here. It's like, well, what
1: how did that happen? Yeah, yeah, definitely.
0: Uh as far as the AFC, can take we,
1: a look uh, at it. I say, can we just take the temperature real quick on the uh the Baltimore Ravens? Yeah, how are you feeling about them? So, okay, I feel bad about saying this. Um, I think the Ravens defense is incredibly overrated. And that makes me feel bad, Ryan. I don't like saying that. (laughs) Um, Look, it's been really good. Um, As I try, and I struggle here to pull up the stats here. Here we go, team defense. Um, they've been one of the best defensive units in the NFL this season. That's an undeniable mm-hmm. fact to have. Um, I l- look at the opponents here, okay? The Texans in week one, C.J. Stroud's first game as a rookie. I've been super impressed with C.J. Stroud. Uh, yes. But it was his first game, though. They played him in week one. Then you have the Bengals in week two. Joe Burrow, still incredibly gimpy, gets re-injured at the end of the game. Then you have week three, where you take on the Colts, where Anthony Richardson is out. You get Gardner Minshew. Week four, you get the Browns. Sean Watson is out. You get Dorian Thompson Robinson. You get the Pittsburgh Steelers. Good quarterbacks are out. You get Kenny Pickett, their starter, but he's a bad quarterback. Week five, you play the uh, – uh, or rather the week six, you play the Tennessee Titans, where Ryan Tannehill gets injured. Uh, was Yeah, I was in the Ravens game, right? Yeah, that was. Yeah, and so Malik Willis comes in midway through the game. Uh, Then you have the Lions game. Your one test, you pass with flying colors. Absolutely. 100% of that test, no doubts. And then you get Arizona. No Kyler Murray. You got Josh Dobbs. Ryan, this defense reminds me a whole lot of the 2019 New England Patriots, if you remember Mm. that one, where the first half of the season, they played nobody. And then they played the Ravens on a Sunday night football game and that was during Lamar's MVP season. Lamar absolutely torched them, and they fell apart in the second half of the year. I think I'm pointing at week 11 being the uh, sun, the, the night game against the Bengals, the uh, the Thursday night. That's Thanksgiving game, isn't it? Uh, a game against the Bengals. I'm worried that that's their Ravens moment from the 2019 Patriots, um, because at that point, then Burrow's healthy, right? And I think that yeah. that could be where it really starts to... Uh, be the downfall of things, Um the, they lead the league in sacks. But when you look at uh hurries and, like, hurry percentages, right? So I think hurries, I think, is a much better indication of how good your pass rush is, right? Like, they lead the league in sacks. They've gotten there. They've gotten those sacks. But they are literally dead last in hurry percentage. How does that happen? You look at QB knockdowns. They're kind of middle of the pack in QB knockdowns. I think it's a lot of because the Ravens are doing very timely, smart, disguised blitzes, and it's mm-hmm. working against these backup quarterbacks who don't see it coming, can't read it. I think once you face these better quarterbacks and, and just better offenses as a whole that can adjust that kind of thing, that's when you're really going to see things happen. That's why I really was pushing hard. The Ravens do not need to trade for a running back, they need to trade for a pass rusher. The Ravens should have been the team to go get Montez Sweat, to go get Chase Young, to yeah. get Daniil Hunter. Don't rest on the fact you lead in sacks because you're not getting consistent pressure. When you're sending pressure, you're getting home and you're getting it. Yeah. It's not happening consistently enough for me. And uh, I think that's going to be their downfall.
0: Yeah, that game is going to be one to keep an eye on considering the Bengals right now. I mean, Burrow is looking like he's yeah. getting to that point where he's healthy. And, you know, that could be a, a game to watch as far as like, okay, how's he going to do against this Ravens defense and how the Ravens defense is going to do if they do good in that game. Do you think that quells any of your worries if they
1: do well in that game against Burrow and company? It probably does. Um, I think the following week, yeah, the following week, they play the Chargers. I think those are kind of the two games to me. Now, even this week, they got Seattle this week. This is a big test week. This is one that I want to see the litmus test here, right? Like if Gino and all those weapons in Seattle have some success against the Ravens, my alarm's going to be going up a little bit higher. If the Ravens can really stifle them, hold them to under 20 points or so, I'll be saying, okay, maybe I'm wrong about this. And maybe, maybe I'm being a big old worry wart and they'll be fine. They'll be great. <laughs> but uh, no, that's definitely my concern. And interestingly enough, I, I actually am really excited about this Ravens offense. Um, I think they're gonna they they need to expand Zay Flowers usage and not just give him passes that are a yard from the line of scrimmage like don't Rondale more him let him go down the field and make some plays we have seen it at times this year he can do that don't just make him Rondale more let him go down the field and make some plays and get some separation because he can do it yeah
0: I remember us talking about Zay and you know you're not feeling so hot about it and you know, look at what he's done now. He's done really well so far as a rookie.
1: He has, but I am – the things that I was worried about are there too, though, where a lot of it is very much designed to get him the ball short. And I think this last game he had five catches for 16 yards, right? So it's like it's great mm-hmm. PPR yeah. game. Fantasy, it's, yeah, you got five catches. That will help boost it a little bit. 16 yards doesn't help your team, though, very often if you're the Baltimore Ravens. So no. that's definitely – I want him to be more than just a trickster. I want him to be a real wide receiver. Yeah. Um, as far as other
0: teams, you know, we mentioned the Bengals. I mean, they have been the surprise team or anything like that, but they're starting to get really hot at the right time. As far as anybody else, I mean, we, the Bills, We, I remember us talking about it in, like, preseason or, like, in, during talking season or whatever, and talking about the Bills and how we felt about them. And I think, you know, and one of the things – that's really kind of hurt them right now, especially right now, is those injuries, particularly on that defense. Having Not having Matt Milano back there hurts. That's an injury you didn't see happening. And, of course, you didn't see Travis White happening, but it really hurts.
1: You say that, Ryan, and and I push back on people who call players injury-prone. But I do think when it comes to a full unit, you look at the ages of these guys, and that's one of the things I pointed out in the preseason was I don't know which players are going to get hurt, right? I think you're going to lose a lot of bets if you say this is an injury-prone player. But Mm -hmm. if you do say this is an injury-prone archetype, then you're going to find some hits through all of that, right? And so uh, I I think that I I looked at the Bills' defense going into the season as being such a veteran unit, and a a unit who's had injuries, right? Both Tredavis White and Matt Milano have had significant injuries in the past, I didn't know that was necessarily going to be those two going down, but I was worried about injuries and age as a whole being a problem for this defense. And that's come to fruition. That's really been what's happening here. Uh, You know, good players, but this was what I was concerned about the preseason. And then on the offensive side of things, it looks exactly like what I was worried about. There's nothing behind Stephon Diggs. Dalton Kincaid is starting to come around. And if that that box gets unlocked, that could be the difference. I wasn't sure if that was going to happen in year one or not because rookie tight ends don't tend to. You know, that's a bad bet to make is to bet on a rookie tight end. This year's breaking that mold a little bit with Sam Laporta and maybe Dalton Kincaid and Luke Musgrave has been useful in Green Bay, right? Mm -hmm. Um, But, you know, I think uh, the, the Bills have kind of been what I expected them to be, but my expectations were not the consensus expectations at all.
0: Yeah, we talked about that, and I I did kind of wonder early on in the season, like maybe it was too, you know, the Bills were looking fine, and now we got to this point eight games to the season where it's like, okay, I can kind of see what everybody was talking about now and see why everybody was a little bit worried with potentially what would happen to them. Um, As far as the other AFC teams or NFC teams, has there been any, like, big surprises to you, any other surprises besides the ones that we mentioned?
1: Um, I don't think so. I don't think there's – there really hasn't been a surprise terrible team, right? Like, I don't think there's really been – like, yeah, the, the Bills have not been the juggernaut that they've been recently, but I right. don't think there's been any real big disappointments, right? Like, the Bills are still 5-3. and three. They're, they're fine. Right, the 49ers they've lost three straight. Well, they're five and three, and they're fine. Um, you know, if this continues, then that's concerning, but for now, they're yeah. fine. I don't think there's really been a team fall off the face of the earth that I thought was gonna be good. Um, can I brag about my my beautiful Miami Dolphins for a second? Yeah, sure. So, I really wanted to pick the Dolphins to be the uh Super Bowl champions in the preseason, and I just <laughs> didn't have the components to do it. Um, and who knows, maybe it won't happen, but. This is an example of a lot of people yelling, this is an injury-prone player. Well, he's not injured. And we've seen a lot of quarterbacks get hurt this year, Ryan. That's one of the big stories of this NFL season. Quarterback injuries, holy cow. I mean, there's 11 backup quarterbacks playing right now. (laughs) Especially in this past week. Yeah, and so, uh, the fact that Tua is out here just looking like an MVP candidate with Tyreek, especially go. I mean, Tyreek, we all laughed. Ha, he's not gonna get 2,000 yards. Silly Tyreek Hill, <laughs> I don't know about that. Yeah, <laughs> he might just get there, man. Like, he is on his way to it, and uh, Tua just looks awesome. And these dolphins look awesome. And the defense looks really good, too. Um, they, they are they are right there i don't know how you can pick i don't know how you can confidently pick any team to beat the dolphins like you can pick them to beat the dolphins if you want to pick the chiefs sure they have patrick mahomes i get that yeah. i don't know how you can say with much confidence in anybody though and by the way that goes for many teams right like i could not say with much confidence the dolphins would beat the chiefs either I cannot say with much confidence that the Dolphins would beat the Eagles. That's the company they belong in. That's my point. They belong in that company.
0: Yeah, and, you know, they had that matchup at Philly, and looking at how how they've faced these winning teams this year, they're 0-2 against them, and they've been outscoring them. I think this Sunday against the Chiefs, that's going to be a huge litmus test for them. I think that's going to be one of the last big litmus – against one of those great teams that's out there See, like, hey, let's go and win. And, yeah, it's not in, at Arrowhead. It's not at Miami. It's in Germany. But you still need to take note of it because, as the Dolphins do win, like, depending on what happens this upcoming week, they could sit at the top of the AFC if they pull it off.
1: Yeah, and I wish that game was in Arrowhead. Oh, do I wish that game yeah. was in Arrowhead. <laughs>
0: Yeah, um, as far as – has there been – let's switch and go to disappointments real quick. Has has there been any really kind of disappointments?
1: Um, as far as teams as a whole go, I don't really think so. I mean, Green Bay a little bit, I guess. Uh, but I think was equal reason to be concerned. Uh, I'm not disappointed by New York. I expect the Giants this is. <laughs> I expected them to be a garbage fire. Um, but I figured they'd be this way even with Daniel Jones, but his injuries kind of give them a bit of a pass in that regard. Um you know, like the Rams, like, you know, they're three and five. I didn't really have much expectation for them either. I yeah. guess Chicago, right? Like I picked Chicago to win the North, but I had said at the time, like they could finish last, right? Like the, yeah. they they had this potential too, right? Like as much as I was hopeful that fields is going to be Jalen hurts and that this team would be really, really good. There was this, this was in the box too though, right? Like I knew that going in that if I dive in this dumpster, there might just be garbage. <laughs> yeah. I, what the,
0: how we talked about the bears and earlier in the offseason. season, we, we thought, you know, there would be a little bit of improvement. They did what they need to do to help Fields, but just hasn't necessarily translated so far. Um, Yeah, as far as looking at any teams that have been kind of disappointing, it is kind of hard to find any right now. I mean, everybody, you know, you look at the standings and it's kind of like what you expected. And You know, there's some teams that have some rough starts, but it looks like they're starting to, you know, get a handle on things. You know, going back to the Bengals again, you know. um, I think, in fact, thinking back on it, I think I picked Bengals 49ers as my Super Bowl. And and I think I had the Bengals winning it. So if any, if Sunday was any indication, you know, maybe 49ers get their stuff together. The Bengals start to get hot and maybe we have that and we get round two, but yeah, Burrow's getting healthy at the right time and everybody else is getting synced in and locked in, ready to go. Uh, As far as other teams, I mean, Eagles have been good seven and one, you know, but, And nothing really disappointments. I don't think. I think everything's kind of stacked up. You know where it is.
1: Well, and and real quick aside, Ryan, I know we touched on the uh, the quarterback injuries, um, but I just think that this season, is it just because I'm in this fantasy football bubble? um, Injuries this year are just absolutely more ravaging than I can remember. Yeah, well, it's been you know we talk about quarterbacks,
0: the the running backs position. I know. That's been something we've kind of discussed in, you know, group chat or whether you and Tanner on ADP is the running back position. And like, there's been a lot of guys that have gotten hurt and you kind of have to, you know, find some random guys on the waiver wire to help you out for a week. They're like, yeah, there's been just a ton of injuries here. That's, you know, that's really kind of ravaged some teams and what they had hoped for uh, this season. But yeah, quarterbacks, that's definitely been one. It, It has not been great. And, Again, this past week was – it
1: was terrible. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Stafford, the, the Cousins one in particular, right? Um, yeah. But also Stafford. And then Pickett also for whatever that's worth. It's not like he's going to play on Thursday, though.
0: Yeah. Uh, I cannot wait for the for the Ryan and Peter Bowl that I forgot was going to be on Thursday night.
1: Yeah, how uh, about that, Ryan? Both of the times with the Titans face, either the, my Ravens or Peter Steelers, it's been on uh, standalone games. Yeah, how about that?
0: You know, I expect them to lose. I saw a stat where, like, they have not won in Pittsburgh in a long time. And uh, I think that's going to hold. But I this is not the Peter and Ryan bowl that I would have wanted. I would have wanted it to be, like we have talked about, Penn State and Tennessee. But uh, I guess we're going to have to continue to wait for that for a little bit. You know, speaking of bowl games, you know, Rebecca and I are going to have a little bowl game of our own next week with tennessee oh. and mizzou
1: yeah after uh after mizzou knocks off georgia right
0: oh man i said this uh i'm well i'm going to say it on the pod i'm posting friday i think it's going to be like at this time last year tennessee was ranked number one georgia's ranked below them they went to athens georgia probably ticked off like hey let's go beat them no it's a little bit different situation but georgia their number two is like, hey, we should be number one over Ohio State. So they're like, oh, who can we take that out on? Oh, here comes Mizzou. Perfect. <laughs> you know, uh, I I fear that's probably what's going to happen Saturday. But, yeah, a couple of old games here within the 5-7-3. But as far as the NFL getting back on track there, with eight games into the season and, you know, we're still ways away to we get team, what are you kind of hoping to see out of the rest of this season?
1: Oh, what am I hoping to see? Um, Well, to to to, to go into a fantasy aspect for a second, the, the big thing I'm hoping to see are some rookie second-half breakouts and, and also the injury bounce-back breakouts, right? Javante Williams and Brees Hall for that. Yes. Um, but the rookies, especially the running backs, right? We saw a great thing out of Jameer Gibbs this past week. If we can get Bijan going out there in Atlanta, that'd be wonderful. Um, all these wide receivers, right? JSN, Quentin Johnson, Rashi Rice. Um, Jordan Addison was cooking, but now I'm a bit worried about him. Um, yeah. that's kind of what I'm hoping to look for from kind of that aspect of things. From the NFL side of things, the the Bengals are definitely the ones I'm really keeping an eye on in the second half. That uh I, I think they're really surging, you know. And I do have one dynasty team where I've got burrow chase and higgins uh <laughs> force of power there and so i'm hoping to see them uh really tear it up for the second half of the year and be awesome um i'm looking at the jacksonville jaguars also a little bit of like i have not been taking them all that seriously personally um, Yeah, i think it's probably because they had like that deflating loss to houston right and i think that it just t- it's taken them a little bit to earn my trust back they've got the 49ers this weekend um, if they can somehow pull that one off, that'd be great to see. Um, but they're definitely a team in the second half that I want to see, do they belong with the big boys, or are they just what they are? Last, were last year?
0: Yeah, that's a that's a good point. And, you know, getting Cleveland at, at one of the guard positions, that, that can really help Etienne and Lawrence out, you know, if they want to go and be, unlike last year, really go and compete against some of these top teams. and. Yeah, 49ers, that's a, that's a litmus test despite how they've fallen these last three weeks. You know, and the Jags, I mean, I'm looking at the AFC South. I mean, you know, Texans, I mean, they, they've done well so far. D'Amico has done really well this year. Stroud has done amazing. It, Texans, I don't think, are going to catch them. Titans, despite however strong their will is to go and win and say, hey, we are not out of it, I don't think – they're going to be anywhere near the top. And for Indy, you're going to be without Richardson for the rest of the year. So for the Jags, the division is wide open. So I think you got that on lock. As far as the AFC, I mean, who knows what can happen? Anything can happen for them. They they know they got the division. It's just focusing on like, hey, where do we stack up among the top teams in the AFC? Where do we stack up in general among teams in the
1: NFL, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um do you have any uh award um predictions or mid season awards to give out?
0: Uh let me kind of take a look at what I had as predictions for this season overall. Uh yeah, Deadhead Bengals 49ers as Super Bowl. And uh looking at some of my uh you know, I, I may have called Coach of the Year if it happens. Um, I know it's we're at the midseason point, but I had Dan Campbell winning it at the oh, end of this
1: God. season. So that, that uh, might be a good call this year, at this point right now. I would almost say that that's, uh, that's likely at this point, yeah, because it is the, the, they are like the breakout team of the year.
0: Yeah. Um, let's see. As far as other awards, I had Joe Burrow for my MVP. I don't know. like Tua has been playing at an MVP-type level so far this year. I think I would probably have to give it to him. Uh as far as other awards, I had offensive, defense player of the year, Jamar Chase, Parsons for that. Offensive rookie of the year. Is it still Bijan? Or is it somebody like Addison or Puka? Yeah. I mean, I, I think you can make a case for Addison, but I mean the situation uh, in Minnesota now is different. I think it's Puka. Yeah, Puka. Yeah, I forgot yeah, Puka's been
1: I'm wearing my Puka shell necklace right now, man. I, I, um, I think it's either Puka or Stroud. I, I think those are the two. Yeah. Um, unless Gibbs or Bijan really has a monster second half. um, I think it's kind of a two-horse race right now between Puka and uh, Stroud.
0: Yeah, that's good calls. Um, Defensive rookie of the year, I had Will Anderson. The one name I've constantly heard being brought up is how good Jalen Carter has been for the Eagles. And that might be where I go.
1: Yeah, I don't Um, know if I'm qualified to have a good answer on this one for you.
0: Yeah. It just may be like what I've heard so far. It's just like Jalen Carter has made a big impact so far in his short time in Philly. And right now, that's it's looking like a pretty big steal by Howie Roseman. Surprise, surprise. Howie Roseman makes a move that's like, oh, crap, he pulled one over on us.
1: Whoever saw it coming, the player who was projecting a first overall is really good. (laughs) Exactly.
0: (laughs) Yeah, um, as far as any awards, I think that's kind of where I'm sitting right now. Now, if Burrow does get hot, I could see him winning MVP by the end of this, but I think Tua right now.
1: I was going to say, I just don't know if his numbers will quite catch up, right? Because they're not that good from the first half of the year. Um, I just think you have a hard time catching up to a Tua, you know. And and I think – you know if things break right for um you know Mahomes stats are right there Josh Allen's stats are right there like if those if one of those two teams ends up being the one seed like i could totally see that also if Tyreek Hill does break the record for receivers yes i think his name does get brought up it's a good yeah. cool award make no mistake about that but i think that his name does get brought up um Maybe that's more likely candidate for offensive player of the year than it is yeah. for MVP, but but I think his name has to be in the conversation.
0: Yeah, I don't know about to bring Tyreek up. It's like, does he have a shot if he does get to two
1: thousand? Yeah. And you I mean, got several more games to go. He could do it. It's so tough for it to not be a quarterback though. Yeah, it
0: is. Yeah, Mahomes It you know, if things get right in Kansas City and last week was just like Temporary kind of moments like, okay, you know, Denver finally gets us. We're going to be fine. We'll have to see. You know, of course, that big game against the Dolphins, we'll have to see. But Mahomes is definitely somebody that uh, could be up for this award later on. I mean, as far as any others, I mean, let's see, offensive player of the year,
1: like Tyreek can definitely get that. Defensive player of the year. Also, McCaffrey scoring a touchdown every single game, <laughs> and you know, it hasn't
0: really helped me in fantasy all that much. Besides, about three games.
1: Oh, it's helped me out a ton. Uh oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> One of my teams is just living off of the Chris McCaffrey uh, gasoline, and uh, that that can's gonna be empty this week though, and they're on buys, so we'll see how that goes. Starting uh, Daryl Henderson and Chuba Hubbard, so oh uh, man see, yeah but, but here's the thing the guy i'm facing is starting cam Akers and amari de mercado so that's just what the running back position is
0: yeah it like we talked about the injuries have really taken a toll on those two positions and you know that's where we're at with the running back position uh any other thoughts uh on uh potentially what we might see the
1: rest of the way i don't think i do uh just I'm hoping you continue to see my little baby blue dolphins just go on and keep on flying.
0: Yeah, and I guess I'm just hoping to, (laughs) I guess I'm just hoping to see what see how the mayo man.
1: Yeah, hey, go eat some bananas with the skin on and uh, see how it goes for you. (laughs) Dear, you know, I saw
0: a joke that said, you know, maybe he finally got rid of the mayo and coffee thing. Maybe he's drinking coffee regular now. Maybe going to Nashville's really kind of helped. I was like oh, yeah, maybe that's not a good idea.
1: I think that that's the the, the, the key. I think that's the, that's the thing. I think you're going to see Titans fans everywhere start to do these things if Will Levis continues like if, – if Will Levis is like the franchise savior, your fan base, like how the Bills jump through tables, the Dolphins are just going to walk – or the, the, the Titans fans are just going to walk around with, like, mayo and just, like, squirt it in that weird things. They're going to start having, like, mayo-infused chili or something. <laughs>
0: Oh, man. You know, the, the balls have a thing with that mustard bottle a few years ago, and now we might be having the Titans with Mayo. At this point, I won't be surprised if oh, if the Grizzlies or the Cardinals get something with ketchup involved. You know, it's just like, let's just get all the condiments involved here, oh, man. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I think as far as stuff we might see the rest of the way, you know, I'm curious to see 49ers can bounce back. Excited to see if the Bengals can get hot, see if the Lions can keep this thing going. But uh, as far as other than that, yeah, I think we're in for a treat the rest of the way and seeing how all these teams do and see how both of our teams continue to do, see what happens with your Ravens if that defense is going to be facing some tests here in a couple weeks, if they can stack up to that and uh, see what my rookie quarterback can bring. Uh, So exciting times
1: here, I think, for the next uh, several weeks. Um, uh, And somehow we're already halfway through this season. It flies by. It always flies by,
0: you know. I I was thinking about it as far as in terms of uh, college football, where we're at, and, like, we're already at November. We're already towards the end here. I'm like, man, it feels like it just got here. It feels like I was just at Nashville for game one against Virginia, and, like, here we are in November and getting ready for all this cold weather that's finally about to arrive after all this time and uh, get here to the nitty-gritty with uh, some NFL football. So, uh, yeah, it should be a fun rest of the way. Uh, I do want to say, while I do have you on, I do have a little bit of a fantasy thing that I've been thinking about. Oh, boy. Yeah, I told my, it, it's kind of like a more of a next-year type of thing, but it's something I've thought about. Okay. I think with Marvin Harrison Jr., with how hyped he's been, I think he's probably next year's Bajon Robinson.
1: What do you mean by that?
0: I think as far as, you know, how hype Bajan was and as far as rookie and, like, how good of a running back he was and, like, how ranked he was, how highly ranked he was in some rankings, Marvin Harrison Jr. could have some of that hype. I don't know necessarily because running backs and wide receivers are different in fantasy. Right. But I think as far as rookies coming in, I think he can come in is that, is that same regard, but just, you know, a different position.
1: Um, I'm trying to see real quick. Yeah, I got – okay. So, in one league that I just have quick access to, looks think like Jamar Chase went, like, 72nd overall. Um, Because I'm just thinking off the top of my head, Chase is, like, just the easy one to go look up and see where he went. Yeah. Right. Um, it, it, it's tough because he needs to fall into – it's easier to project a workload for a running back right out the gate. Yes, you know, like like even Jamar Chase, you know, like it does take a bit of time to get that wide receiver going the rookie year, and then they're amazing the second half, right? Think about Jefferson Jefferson, right? Like it took like four or five yeah. weeks, boom. Odell Beckham, right? It took like four or five weeks, and then boom. Um, so I think that's hard to project with a wide receiver to be that high up, but I like it. I mean, like. Ryan, you know better than I do with college football. I'll I'll catch up in March, right? But, like, yeah. is there any chance that – like, I sit here, I can only name you two players. Caleb Williams, Marvin Harrison Jr. Mm-hmm. Is there a chance Marvin Harrison is going second overall? Is there any chance of that? I mean, I definitely think
0: so. I mean, I was just looking at mocks today just because I was curious, and, and I saw one mock having the Cardinals at one and saying, hey, we're going to pass on the quarterback, and we're taking – martin harrison jr at
1: one is it that um, high
0: yeah like uh, there's it just depends on the team it depends on if it's a team like the cardinals that feels like hey we're fine with kyler let's just roll so, with martin harrison
1: it, it, that's the thing though i feel like you know like thinking back to the uh wentz and golf year right um the teams with those picks didn't need a quarterback so they traded out you know yeah um, we we see that happen a lot, right? Where the team with one doesn't need it, so they trade out. I am um, just I was just curious if a wide receiver could actually go second overall. Because from everything I understand, Caleb Williams is still going to be the guy at one, right? I know he's yeah. not lighting up the world right now, but it sounds like he's still just going to be number one.
0: Yeah, I, I definitely think when we get to that period of March, I I think MHJ or as – um, Gus Johnson is trying to get going. Maserati Marv. Um, That's the uh, night. I, <laughs> I know he, he kept on, I forget which game it was. I think it was like during the Penn state game, he kept on trying to make it a thing. It's like, why is Gus trying to make this a thing? Um, I definitely think he could, he could be second overall. It just depends on which team. I mean, who knows? Maybe the bears have those back-to-back picks and they take Caleb and Marvin.
1: If you're the Bengals, you trade you trade T Higgins and like two first round picks, right? You'd be like, hey, take this guy and pay him and take our next first round picks, and we'll just take that one and we'll pay Chase, you know. <laughs> I mean, hey,
0: I mean, when the Bengals weren't doing that all that great, it was like I saw a couple of mocks that said, that would be insane if they got MHJ. Wouldn't that be
1: amazing? Oh gosh. Oh man. Would-
0: Probably the two star wide receivers that have come out in the last few years that have been like really awesome, put yeah. them on the same team and put them with Burrow. Yeah. <laughs> it's almost like you'll, pro- you'll probably see like LSU's offense back when they had Jefferson and Chase. It's like good luck stopping that. Yep. Um, uh, but uh Yeah, that's kind of one of the one fancy question I had. I mean, you you are part of the ADP. I kind of had to ask a little bit of a fancy question here.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I I just feel like it's so hard to project that for a rookie wide receiver to uh, step in immediately such a role. And also, wide receivers, I feel like, are so much more connected to the offenses, right? Like you want those receivers in good passing offenses. Um, I think Drake London's a great player. He's stuck in a low passing volume though, right? And just thinking about. You know, yeah. let's say he goes to – Arizona wouldn't be so bad, but let's say he goes to Chicago. Um, Carolina doesn't have a pick, but just, you know, the teams that pick in that range tend to not be good uh, passing teams, right? Like, we really caught yeah. lightning in a bottle with Burrow and Chase being paired up like that. And, uh, you know, maybe maybe he is the wide receiver who could unlock a quarterback in that way that Chase did, um, you know, if it were a – If well, Houston doesn't have their pick either, do they? Right? No, no, they don't. I was gonna say, if it's Stroud,
0: they have a pick, but I think it's Cleveland's.
1: Okay, so we'll be more middle of the road, yeah. Yeah, but if Arizona would be great, you know, if it could, you know, if it's the Packers somehow, right? Like, hook him up with Jordan Love, and then all of a sudden Love becomes great because of it,
0: yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, that's kind of the one fancy question I had since I since I have you on, and kind of felt the need to ask it while I have you here. Uh, but uh, yeah, speaking of fancy ADP, Matt, where can people find you and Tanner at?
1: Yeah, so follow us on Twitter at ADP Dudes on Twitter, and uh, follow us on on Spotify app, podcast, all that good stuff. Follow us. Um, you can find it basically searching either ADP um, Average Dudes podcast is kind of the easiest ways to find it. Um, the YouTube channel also, average Youth podcast on there, and uh, yeah, be sure to give that a uh, follow, a like, a subscribe, all that good stuff. And uh, I usually do, um, I usually do kind of the early week stuff, and then Tanner has the later week stuff because of just how it works out with our schedules. Um, yeah, I'm on the road a lot for work on Wednesdays and Thursdays and Fridays, so Tanner usually has your starts and sits on Thursdays and Fridays. I've got your uh, Monday morning recaps, and I do the waiver wire. Uh, either Monday night or Tuesday morning, depending on what can work for us. And uh, we try to sprinkle one show in in the middle of the week if we can. It doesn't always work out that way, but we we always try to kind of give that one bonus if we can.
0: Yeah, so there you guys go. If you haven't followed the ADP yet, what are you doing? Go check them out. Uh, Definitely can help me, and Peter out can definitely help me out. I got two teams that are, in one word, mid
1: right now. Uh, so yeah, uh, that's, that's not the place you want to be. Uh, you never no. want to be in the middle, you know, all that kind of stuff. But the nice part is that uh, look, it just takes one you know waiver wire claim to go from being mid. Now all of a sudden, hey, here's Devin A. Chain, right? Who we uh, yeah. recommended in the in the off season event for teams just drafting stash, right? Like things like that. Yeah, all exactly.
0: Sudden. Yeah. So uh, if you haven't followed ADP yet, go and do that. If you haven't followed us yet. Go check us out where you guys get your podcast. Check out the YouTube channel. You'll have the full video pod up as well. Check out 573 Podcast and can follow the pod on 573 Pods on X. I'm finally glad I said something other than
1: Twitter. For I, know. <laughs> I, I still am just like in denial. Yeah, I think I
0: did it twice in one pod recently so it's like yeah
1: they are set up the long game for an amazing april fool's day joke (laughs) like on april fools they need to like totally revert back to all twitter things and be like look guys it's twitter and then uh go right back to x on april 2nd
0: oh man (laughs) that would be such a cruel april fool's joke man
1: that'd be amazing though (laughs)
0: Yeah. Yeah, it'd be amazing. Just to have it for one more day. And then the next day it's like, ah, well, here we go. Yeah. Freaking X. Uh, but uh yeah, everybody, they will do it for us here. Thank you all so much for tuning in. Uh we'll be back tomorrow as we get ready for College Football and NFL this upcoming week. As we talked about, lots of good games coming up on both. We also have a CF the recap and see where things are. We talked a little bit about James Harden going to the Clippers, so be sure to look out for that pod coming out tomorrow. But that's all we have for you all on this edition of the show. Again, thank you all so much for tuning in, and we'll talk to you all next time.